Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey, Tara and Leah, welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. I am so excited to have you incredible ladies here to talk to us about starting a business partnership with a friend and what everyone needs to know because I get asked this all the time and also to learn more about your business. So before we dive into the gist of the topic, please tell us who you are and what you do. And we'll start with Tara. Great. Thanks so much for having us. We're really excited to be here. I'm Tara Paquire. I'm co-founder and COO of True State. You know, we're really excited to talk to you today about our partnership and how True State helps businesses and families alike. And with that, Leah, if you want to introduce yourself. Sure. I'm Leah. I'm a co-founder and CEO of True State. And I'm a former trust and estates lawyer by trade and and really excited to be chatting with you today, Bola. I think we have a lot in common, Um, (laughs) particularly, you know, I was reading your story about your mom and how she went back to school. My mom did the same when I was young and it was just really inspiring Mm -hmm. to me. So I feel like kindred connection already. (laughs) I love it. And your business focuses on estate planning, estate administration, which is something that's very important for all of us to know. So later on in this episode, we're going to talk about some key things that we need to know as women when it comes to planning our estates. But both of you are friends and you started this business partnership. So I'd love for you to share, and Leah, you can start, but I'd love for you to share how you started your business journey. How did you come to this decision or idea that you wanted to start a business together as friends? So it's interesting how it came about because Tara, which I'm sure she'll get into, has always been very entrepreneurial. But for me, I was more the accidental entrepreneur. So (laughs) the business journey began with me. And that's one thing that makes our partnership so great. But the business journey really began with me in my office, kind of having this idea and seeing a gap in the market and just an incredible market opportunity to really change the landscape of how people deal with grief and loss after a loved one dies. So mm-hmm. I was a trust and estates lawyer and, and realized that people were being underserved by their lawyers, by their wealth managers, when they lost a loved one and were named as executor of their estate. It often involves over 500 hours of work. It's a really painstaking process. I saw it firsthand in my practice and then spent a long time, about 18 months, researching what that pain point was, not only for those grieving family members, but also for those estate lawyers that are designed to help them. 
and wealth managers. And during that research time, what did I do? I called my most talented and exceptional (laughs) friends who happened to deal with this personally, helping her father handle her grandparents' estates. And she explained to me as a high performing businesswoman, like, oh my God, it was the worst process to deal with. And I'll let her share that. I don't want to take it away from her. But, you know, it really was her always being supportive of me during our very separate careers, never really thinking that we would end up working together on something. But then, you know, one powerful moment happened and the stars aligned and we saw just how complementary our skill sets were to each other and knew that this mission was so large that we we could deliver it together and needed to have one another to really build something great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I obviously, what Leah said, I agree with 100%. It was definitely like a, a stars aligned moment and having the personal experience of having to settle a loved one's estate, in my case too, um, my grandparents passed in the same year, I really understood the enormity of the problem, which I think helped obviously in this situation because we really were able to bring that 360 view to this problem. And I think for a lot of people who are in the position of an executor, they're often in that role at a much later stage in their life. So being someone who was young and, you know, I don't want to say the peak of my career, but definitely on that upward trajectory as far as my career goes and having to be tasked with all this work. When Leah had talked about, you know, there was a solution to this problem, I was 100% all in. And as far as the partnership goes, you know, there was this moment that I vividly remember of sitting in my living room and Leah and I would talk about the business often. And it was something that she was kind of just talking to me about this, not a problem, just kind of something that was happening. And I remember saying like, well, you know, what if you tried this? Or what if you tried this? And, you know, I think this could be interesting. And we were really in that moment able to see how our skill sets complemented each other. And it was like, I think within days, Leah, correct me if I'm wrong, that we were like, should we do this together? <laughs> um, it was just like this moment happened. And I think that you know, sometimes those those stars align moments happen and you have to jump on that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it sounds that your business partnership was very organic and just based on you guys discussing what was happening in your individual spaces and realizing that you guys could potentially work well together. And I think that's very common. A lot of friends start businesses just because, you know, they're talking about it. They think they'll work well together. And there's sometimes other people who intentionally seek out friends to do business with, even though the friend may not have initially thought about it. So that's great to hear how you guys got started together. So now that you have been business partners and how long have you guys um, run your business, Tara? I think it's been at this point, I mean, I was an advisor to the business initially before I officially became a co-founder. So it's been a couple of years at this point. So it feels, you know, very, I kind of feel like more than that in a good way, but it is, you know, just a couple of years. So it's been a couple of years and I'd love to know what have been your biggest challenges as business partners. I know your friends first, <laughs> but, I, but I know that a lot of business partners, friends in business do face challenges, whether they're small or big. And I think sometimes people are concerned about the challenges they face or they don't know how to recover from the challenges they face. So I'd love for you to share what some of your challenges have been. And if there were even times where you wanted to give up on your partnership 
partnership. So Leah, you can you can start. So I think a business partnership is very similar to a marriage. I typically, mm-hmm. you know, will say that they're similar. I have my work wife, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> Your work wife. <laughs> and, I have, and I have, you know, my, my husband as well. Sometimes my husband gets jealous that I spend so much time with Tara, as you can imagine. I'm sure her husband feels similarly. <laughs> but I think for both of us, in a lot of ways, we're very similar. We both don't shy away from conflict and we're very direct. So when we initially decided to embark on this endeavor together, um, we took it very seriously, kind of the what ifs of what could go wrong. So I think with my background as a lawyer, I was used to seeing, you know, the ugly side of, of business partnerships when they don't work out. So we had sort of gone through all these scenarios in our heads and put together an agreement that made sense at the time that made us both feel comfortable and both feel like we were ready to jump in together. So, and the one good thing I'll say about Tara is she's very all in. So she makes a decision and goes in. And that's when you're, when you're looking for a friend to partner with, that's the friend you want. You want to find your literally most talented, exceptional friend that is like, I believe in this mission the same way you do. Let's jump in together. So that's always been helpful to me in thinking through challenges that we've had. I will say like outside of us being very direct and not helping to relieve any tension or things that could be boiling under the surface, those challenges that we do face together oftentimes, particularly when we disagree on something, usually end up being our biggest strengths. Outside of that, I mean, I've probably created most of the challenges. So like one thing specific, probably to me and Tara's probably going to like just be exhausted by hearing my response, but (laughs) I um, am a lawyer by trade. So I very much, when I even believe in something that's going on, I'll often cross-examine someone. So I want to know the ins and outs and a hundred percent of everything that everybody else, you know, is doing to some extent, not in a micromanaging way, But in a, you know, I just like to know what's going on. I like to understand the thought process behind stuff. It doesn't mean I don't trust that person to make a decision. I just really want to understand, you know, how they made that. So oftentimes I think, you know, in business situations, I can come across like I'm cross-examining someone, which can be really annoying. So I think for Tara, you know, she's often been like, do you not trust me? And I'm like, no, I totally trust you. I actually only cross-examine those who I trust. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I will say like having humility, knowing where your weaknesses are is one thing that's great about working with a friend because oftentimes they're more comfortable telling you those things, you know, which are really helpful when you're leading a business. But being able to know whether you're creating the problems and then helping to fix them, I, I think has been a challenge that we've both learned from that's become a strength, I think, for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with that our weaknesses, if you will, become our biggest strengths for sure, because we do talk through them. We and I have very open and honest communication. One of the things that I think has been a challenge as we grow, which is really cool though, is that you know there is this constant evolution of our partnership. So when we first started, you know, we were on Zoom. 24-7, every decision was a co-decision and everything we were doing was together. And as we've grown and we have you know, new team members and they require our attention and more projects, we really have had to divide, divide and conquer. And that's something that, you know, quite frankly, it took a little getting used to. And now it feels really familiar to us, but 
I think that we continue to recognize that as the business grows, our partnership is going to continue to evolve. And there's going to be things that change that maybe felt comfortable before that now feel a little bit uncomfortable. And it's constantly trying to figure out like where that comfort level is with each other, with the business, and just having that communication along the way to say like, hey, like, this feels odd to me. Like, let's talk through this because I want to make sure I'm doing right by you and vice versa. And just constantly having that check in. But I think seeing where, you know, where we come from and where we're going is really exciting. And, you know, to, you know, your follow up question below was, you know, were there times when you wanted to give up on your partnership? And I think that that's something that, you know, has not even crossed my mind. And I don't think it's possibly either. <laughs> even when we've had challenges in our business or things to think through as far as um, different problems to solve, I think one of the things that you know we have not wavered on is our partnership and really truly believing in each other and that we can build this together and grow this together. So one of the things that you said I think is really important, and I think Leah, you said this, was just having that self-awareness, business being like a marriage which is very true, right? In, in your your marriage and your partnership, you always want to be self-aware so that you know how you are communicating and behaving around the other person. <laughs> and for businesses that I've seen that have had serious challenges and unfortunately have not worked out, I found that there was a challenge of being self-aware that it's not just you anymore and not having that clear demarcation of who's responsible for what, or one person feeling like they're the one who always does everything, while the other person is just on the sidelines <laughs> making commentary. And I think that all boils down to being able to have proper communication of your goals for your business, how you're running your day-to-day tasks with the business, who's going to be doing exactly what in the business. So like you guys mentioned, there isn't business with a friend that doesn't have challenges, but it's being clear on what your goals or intentions are and boiling. It all boils down to communication is how I feel. Yeah, Bola, I I tend to agree. This is Leah here. So for us, I think our key to success has been constant open communication, being self-effacing where we recognize not only our strengths, but our weaknesses and continue to work on them and be better for one another and for our awesome team. But I think more so it's that formalizing the division of labor was incredibly Mm -hmm. important. So one of the first things we did sort of as we moved to the next phase of our business post getting some venture funding was actually sitting down and saying, okay, you do this, I do this, you do this, I do this, because it didn't make sense And it wasn't a good use of our time to be constantly overlapping and sadly, you know, to be on Zoom together. So now it's when we get to do meetings together, it's actually fun because we get to check in with each other and see how we're doing. But it was really creating a formalized structure, who does what. But obviously, you know, we're still always getting input from one another on what we're doing. And a lot of the tasks are still somewhat joint. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's good to just get, I think, for anyone who's out there of the listeners that's considering starting a business with a friend, really creating, you know, not only a formalized structure in terms of your partnership, like getting legal documents together for your, you know, your LLC operating agreement or your shareholders agreement with your partner, but then also dividing up who does what in what role and making sure that way you're in your swim lanes and you can work together and support one another, particularly as the business grows. 
Yeah, I love that. And I was just going to add that I we talked about earlier that it sounds like your your business partnership started organically. And sometimes it's not that way, even though you're friends with someone. And I think when you are still stepping into the realm of business for you know, the folks who are listening, it's important that you really get to understand the person you're going into business with in terms of like behaviors, attitudes, certain characteristics, and see how well they align with you, right? So we all have certain things about us that um, may annoy our friends or certain things about our friends that may annoy us. But from a business perspective, is that something you can tolerate, deal with, especially when it comes down to money? Because that adds an added dynamic money, tasks, client-facing situations. So you can date your business partner (laughs) before they become your work wife or work husband to make sure that you fit with each other from that perspective, your friendship might be amazing, but are you going to be good business partners? Will you work well together? Can you, are you able to be annoyed with each other and then recover from being annoyed, right? Those are things to think about. Yes, I completely agree with what you're saying. And that's one of the things that Leah and I talk a lot about actually is I don't, know truly how people just, you know, go out and find a co-founder and go into business together with somebody that they don't know. And I know it happens all the time and there's very successful (laughs) examples of that, but, you know, you really have to know who you're getting into business with. And there are some conversations that you do get annoyed with each other. And that's totally normal, 100% normal. And to your point, Bola, being able to like, all right, let's move on to the next thing. Or, hey, let's address that because this did annoy me, or I know I annoyed you and I'm sorry about that. I really couldn't imagine doing this with somebody I just met. So I know people do it all the time, but for us having the foundation of a friendship for many, many years, we were roommates in college. Like we've, you know, we've kind of had a lot of different scenarios that we've worked through and that foundation of just truly knowing each other, you know, I think has been for us, you know, a huge strength. Mm-hmm. So shifting gears a little bit, we've talked about challenges you guys have faced, how you've navigated them, challenges that folks listening might face. What about the things that have been great, the successes you've had as a result of your business partnerships? Or are there any examples of things that you can share that have happened to you guys in terms of business growth or success that if you were running this alone may not have happened? I think just there's you know, there's the big wins and then there's the the little wins, but all of that are wins to be celebrated. And I think just anything that happens that we're like, oh my gosh, that was really amazing to be able to celebrate that together is, you know, just amazing. And there are things that, you know, when we hire somebody new and we're sitting over Zoom and saying like, gosh, I can't believe that our company now employs X amount of people. Like that's something to be celebrated. And we know that it's because of our hard work and our team's hard work that we're in this position. So there are truly successes that we try to celebrate 
each and every day, like I said, some bigger than others, but it's recognizing the successes because there are a lot of challenges every day. And I think that you can very easily look at the problems or the challenges or the things that you have to work through and not take a minute to even just say like, oh my gosh, go us. And we do try to take that minute to celebrate where we can, because it is a very important factor to remember that, you know, things are, things are happening and good things are happening. And to take a moment to celebrate that is really important. Mm -hmm. Leah, did you want to share? So for me, I think the biggest success and probably most exciting moment for both of us is that it's just so empowering and such a privilege to form and to be a witness to the exceptional team that we've, we've created as we continue to grow the company and hire professionals. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's been an incredible experience and the motivation that each team member is bringing to the table every single day within their roles in our company is very palpable and the meaningful impact to the problem that we are solving, which is really all of the suffering that comes along with losing someone, whether it's the professional, but that extends to those families ultimately is just incredible to see. So, you know, I'll say personally for me, it's, knowing, okay, like I had this idea sitting at my desk at a law firm one day and then seeing it grow and sharing a vision with, with Tara to, to take it to that next level and execute on it and do so where it has its ups and downs, but mostly trending upward has really been just a remarkable and fun experience. I think sometimes, and one of the things I'm most grateful for in our partnership is being there to have someone to say, hey, take a step back, like, look at what we've built together. And that's an incredible feeling with Tara and with the, with really our entire team thus far. So, you know, that being said, one of the things we value on our team is is diversity. So one of the things that we've, we've both sort of had a shared value of is diversity of thought and finding and recruiting people who think differently than us and have different motivations. Because we know that the differences between us in our partnership have have brought those successes. So Mm -hmm. trying to have that extend beyond our team, I think, has been, you know, probably the most exciting moment for me to see that working and working really, really well as we move forward and progress. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because obviously you both started a business together, but when you're building a partnership, obviously your business is going to grow and it's going to extend beyond the business partners, right? And being able to build that team successfully, especially with the different dynamics or different styles or different approaches that both of you have as business partners, even though you are aligned with your goals and you're on the same page, being able to build that team successfully is a big deal Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there's two heads at the top and that's really really important definitely a a huge contributor to the success that you want to achieve for those listening and that you both Tara and Leah have achieved with growing your business yeah and I also think with that something that continues to 
pop up in a very good way is we just continue to see how well our skills complement each other. And Mm. I see that a lot in our management style. So I've managed really large teams before and Leah has managed in, you know, in a a law firm setting. And I bring a very different set of skills from managing and, you know, high growth startups. So I think being able to put that, those skill sets together and really be able to build a team that is really well-rounded and to Leah's point has a diversity of thought is really important to both of us and mm-hmm. where our skill sets do differ. They, like I said, they really do complement each other. And I think that shows in the people that, you know, we have surrounded ourselves with. And, you know, I think the caliber of people that we've brought onto our team has been amazing. And I'm really excited to see how they perform together as, you know, as we continue to grow. And it's really exciting. So. Given your experience now with working together, growing your business together, what would you say is your number one business tip for women who want to start a business with a friend? Hmm. (laughs) I would say, you know, my number one tip is that open communication is, you know, making sure if you're starting a business with a friend, you, you know where you stand with that friend, that you've established parameters you know, both legally to protect each other, should it not work out for whatever reason, but also getting that open division of labor and just staying in constant communication in a Mm -hmm. way and and being really open and being okay having difficult conversations because that's really important. Then I also think it's generosity. I think that if, if you're embarking with any business partner, being generous, you know, not only with your time, and your commitment towards each other, but being generous with giving people opportunities to to grow their own skill set, and in turn, they doing the same for you is really, really helpful. Having that mutual support that at times, particularly in a startup, you're all going to be doing something for the first time, and you're all learning. And being able to give someone the same grace that you give yourself can be difficult, but it's just incredibly rewarding and just pays you back in such dividends. What about you, Tara? Yeah, I mean, I echo what Leah just said, especially with the open and honest communication. I'm sure the two of us can't stress that enough because it really is just a a core component of any partnership, friends first or not. We even go as far as to on Friday mornings, we have little mini sessions of basically we open with like, how did I annoy you this week? Um, Because it was bound (laughs) to happen, right? (laughs) And just being able to clear the air is really important. And um, that's what works for us. It may not work for everybody, but finding a communication style that works and that you can work through even given challenges and annoyances because you have to be able to have a really clear focus to be able to run a business and having that open communication about the tough things too with your partner, like I said, friend first or not, is going to be an integral part of your business. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So, okay, we've talked about, you know, tips. So let's talk about challenges, about what you think, given your experience that might be holding women back in their business partnerships. And I hear a lot of this, a lot of different perspectives, perspectives from women whose businesses have not worked out, but from you guys who are running a successful business and have built a successful team as a business partnership, 
I'd love for you to share what you think are those challenges, given the fact that you are constantly overcoming them as you continue to grow your business and you are, have remained successful on the path to building your business. And I know Leah will have opinions on this too, because this is something that we do talk about a lot is, you know, I think that when you are setting out to start a business, you know, as a female founder, one thing that I strongly believe in is that no one's going to believe in yourself more than you are. Mm -hmm. So if you believe that you can do this, go for it because there are going to be a lot of naysayers out there and you can take that, you can take that as much as you want, but I really say, take it with a grain of salt because you know, your strengths, you know, what you're capable of. Other people don't know that and they don't know your passion for something even if you you know can express it very clearly they don't understand your driving motivation so one don't listen to anyone but yourself when it comes to your motivators and your confidence in what you're doing so i really mm-hmm. believe that you need to believe in yourself because for leah and i in this partnership and building this business while we have an awesome support team specifically with our spouses who are always like go for it we also have to believe that we can do it and we believe in each other. And that's just been really important. The other thing too is, you know, there's always going to be this fear of like, can I do this? What are other people going to think? And I think that is very specific to women as well, because we want to try to balance everything. If you're married or you're a mother or you're a caretaker for a parent, you want to be able to do all those things 100% and build your business 100%. And we do have this fear of, you know, am I going to be able to give everything my 100% effort? And that fear can sometimes hold you back. And, you know, my advice in this situation is sometimes things are not going to balance. There's going to be times when you're going to be giving more to your business than you can to your spouse at that time or, you know, your Mm -hmm. children. And that's a decision that you have to be comfortable with. And other people around you, may disagree with it, but, you know, you have to be able to feel confident in yourself. And it goes back to believing in yourself because there's a lot of people out there who underestimate women and feel that, you know, they should be doing things differently, but quite frankly, they're not the ones building the business. So you have to be able to just go for it and just deal with the naysayers because they they are going to be there, but in that you will find cheerleaders. You're going to find a support, supportive group of people who you can surround yourself with who are cheering you on every step of the way. That is absolutely so true. The naysayers are not going anywhere. You have to have that self-belief, you and your business partner and what you're trying to accomplish to kind of be able to ignore the naysayers. I, I struggle to see how a business can be successful when I hear things like, my business partner doesn't think we can do this. My business partner doesn't think that we can build this. My business partner doesn't think that's the wrong business partner. And you might be friends, great friends. That's fine. But that might be the wrong business partner for you. So what you said, Tara, is very, very important. Uh, And Leah here, I'll add, I think that, you know, the big challenge currently that's holding women back in business as a general matter is that not being able to support one another. And yes. There's this dynamic because of the historic inequality with women that has created this weird like zero-sum game kind of haterade mentality when other women mm-hmm. are doing extraordinary things. And I think it's 
men don't face this as much because there's more than one male leader at the top because there are just more, more men that are going into business. So I encourage other women to just dive in and go into business. We can all win. And frankly, it takes a village of us supporting each other's wins. And I think it's apparent right now in the media as well. You know, I'm not a huge fan of this whole like girl boss mentality culture, but mm-hmm. the current narrative in the news, you know, and, and my Netflix queue currently, um, it like <laughs> villainizes women business owners. You have, you yes. know, from, from like the bad vegan documentary to Tiff Theranos to the, all the, the hit pieces on Emily Weiss from Glossier and even WeWork Saga, you know, kind of blaming the wife for a lot of things. It's really interesting. And again, you know, a lot of people in these situations, particularly Theranos, they're, don't be fraudulent, obviously. <laughs> um, don't don't build harm. a scam. Right. Don't harm people. But frankly, <laughs> men do men are scammers all the time. And we don't see documentaries being made about them being scammers quite as much as we do with women. The 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 percentage statistically is pretty high. So I almost feel like for some reason, and, and Tara and I faced this when we were looking for other female partnerships that we could look up to. It was very hard to even find any, even for simple things like getting a frame of reference on a joint headshot with two co-founders. There were very few to choose from. And the ones that were there had these like, it was like a salacious news story in the New York Post about how this one was terrible and, you know, they hated each other or whatever, or there was rivalry between multiple business owners. And that's just not our style. It's not who either of us are. And we really want to, we see it as a responsibility to Mm -hmm. change that narrative. And I think by encouraging more people to take that leap with, you know, their, their awesome friends who believe in them and, you know, have those difficult conversations and the open communication and build something excellent together. That's really where we're going to see a a sea of change when it comes to the conversation around women in business. I could not agree with you more. You know, I I definitely believe that women are villainized, especially when they become successful, especially when they do something wrong, like Theranos. (laughs) That was a scam. But when you you get to know the scam, you realize that her business partner, the guy was 50% responsible as well. And his face should be just right next to her face and every article cover, every, the two of them together, right? It should be together to bear the blame. And it almost seems like, He's he's getting the softer side of the of the damage or the not I wouldn't call it damage of the punishment when right. he's just as guilty. Like totally. so you know, so and and both of them are in the wrong, but she's the face of the disaster because I almost feel like because she's a woman, she's an easy target. And I, I right. find that when you look at successful women in general, and let's remove the scams from it. <laughs> so we're not talking about fairness, no scams, no fraud. But when you look at successful women in general, there's always a reason as to why she has that success that people like mm-hmm. to to say, oh, it's because she has no kids. Oh, it's because right. she has a working partner. Oh, it's because she's divorced. She doesn't have anybody to work. There's always some reason why she can never just be successful because she's successful. Whereas when you think about men, we don't say, oh, he's successful because he's married to a rich woman or because he's divorced, he doesn't have no, anyone to worry about. Because right. we don't do that. So definitely, I think it's really important for women to bring each other up for us to support women in business or support women partnerships and knowing that we do face very unique challenges as women running businesses, especially 
just because of who we are, wanting to worry about everybody else and everything else, but still having this business and holding on to the burden, right? Like for me, sometimes I just won't ask my husband to do something when I know that he could, but I feel like I should be the one doing it, but then I'm overwhelmed by the stuff that's going on in my business. So just being able to mm-hmm. leverage the support system you have around you to allow yourself allow yourself to be successful. And then as women, just supporting other women. I've you guys talked about being in the venture space. I've been in that space where, you know, I've, I'd have, I've had conversations with funds who are supposedly women-focused. <laughs> we bad women founders, yeah. minority-focused. And I talk to them and they tell me the most ridiculous things. Don't talk about your kids. It's too much baggage. But if you focus on women, obviously, you're also focusing on women who have children because women birth babies. How are they now baggage if this is the demographic that you say? that you're focusing on? Is this a gimmick or a scam or a, oh, let's fill the void and say we support women, but you really don't. So that's a whole, this is going to be a whole different podcast episode, but (laughs) (laughs) let me get off my soapbox. Yeah. I will say, you know, one of the things that was eye opening to us is it's very trendy to be in quote unquote support of women right now and and minorities, but that gets taken to a level where it's, oh, we just give terrible term sheets to them, but we're giving term sheets to them because they, yeah, because they guess what you didn't get it before because we're <laughs> underestimated. So it's it's saying no to unfair term sheets for quote unquote funds that support women. So I think yep. that's that's a, a really important aspect of it. <laughs> Shifting gears, I want to focus more about what you guys do in your business and what women need to know when it comes to estate planning and administration and why it's important. So from this audience who listens, a lot of feedback about our content on estate planning is you have to be rich to do it, too expensive. And so I'd love for you to share, given that this is what you do, why it is so important for women to be aware of planning their estates and what the key things are that they they need to do. I'm going to to punt this question to Leah, although I know a ton about (laughs) estate planning and administration. We actually joke that I could probably be a trust and estate lawyer at this point, but she really (laughs) is the trust and estate lawyer. So I'm going to kick this question over to her. Oh, fun. So first of all, I will mention, so true state, we don't do estate planning, but we, we deal with the aspect of estate planning when you're implementing that plan after someone okay. passes away. So we're representing people that are typically named as an executor, an administrator, or a personal representative. That's the legally appointed person that you nominate in your will. A will, and sometimes a trust as well, they're really just instruction manuals on how you want your net worth to pass. But whether you're rich or poor, or you have a will or not, you're going to have an estate administration. And mm-hmm. what I think gave us the idea to have the business was a state administration is a complete pain in the butt. You know, no matter whether you have a will, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, it takes over 500 hours of time to actually implement that plan. Because what happens is if you don't have an estate plan in place, mm-hmm. you're, the state where you live actually has a, a default instruction manual that your assets pass, you know, pursuant to. So they kind of replace a will with what's called the intestacy statutes. But always good to, even if you think, oh, I'm not wealthy, I don't need an estate plan. Always good to have one because do you really trust the state to, you know, 
distribute assets the way you want to. Oftentimes, even if you have very little, it's what you work for your entire life. And you can give direction on how you want that to pass over time. And there's pluses and minuses, but mostly pluses to having, you know, an estate planning attorney prepare documents for you. I can't even count the amount of times I say it's worth so much more than the paper it's printed on. What is it? An ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. So really where you see an es- not having an estate plan and problems come into place is, is more so on those buckets where everything's designed to pass aren't the buckets that you wanted. But what we do at True State is we're the ones who bring that water to those buckets. And that involves all this administrative time and headache and paperwork and bank retitling paperwork and dealing with everything else. So I think it's important statistically because that work, that administrative work falls on women's shoulders, you know, whether they're daughters, whether they're wives. We're usually tasked with being that caregiver, managing our families, and there's a lot of invisible labor. And what True State does is we've actually automated all of that administrative work to get the net worth of the person who passed away into those correct buckets that were designated via that will, or if they didn't have a will, via the state statute, you know, so that those beneficiaries have what they want. And that person who was tasked with everything, they're also doing that job correctly because if they don't do it correctly, they're exposed to liability. So where we come into play is is that post kind of death point where, you know, whether they had a plan or not were helpful. But I will say in the estates we have, like having a good plan, usually a much better option than not having one. So mm-hmm. Tara, feel free to add it. Yeah, no, I, I think that was an excellent overview. And the only thing I would add to that, and Bola, you had mentioned, you know, is this like a rich people problem? You know, how does it affect everyone? The answer is yes, it absolutely affects everyone. And every single person to echo what Leah said has an estate regardless of wealth. So when that person passes away, their name is attached to whether it's bank accounts or investment accounts or their Netflix subscription. Their name is attached to those items and those items, those accounts need to be closed. And I think the biggest difference between estate planning in a state administration, besides the fact that one happens when you're alive and one after you pass away, is that in a state administration, it has to be completed. While in the state plan is technically optional. It's great yeah. to have, as Leah talked about, but in the state administration, it has to be completed because you know we've done educational articles on how it affects generation after generation if a you know a piece of property isn't properly administered during an estate um, mm-hmm. they have real effects on generations to come if not properly dealt with so i think just understanding what a state administration, you know, for the listeners is really important because it's something that we don't often talk about you hear estate planning all the time you know, through conversations and media, but state administration is the one people don't really talk about. And it's one that really has um, some serious long-term effects if not dealt with properly. Mm-hmm. And I would I would say that even though it's not legally required to have an estate plan, I think for anyone who's listening to this podcast, you're obviously in the space where you want to do well with your finances, with your business, with your life. You want to build that generational wealth. And so this is something that you should make a requirement for your life, especially because of what you said, Leah, where you're going to have your estate administrated to by the state or based on your plan, right? And if you have dependents, you have children, you have a legacy you want to leave behind, even if it's small, 
you want it to be done on your own terms, right? As opposed to having the system or a state decide how it's going to be done for you. And that's, I think, of everything you said, that is the eye opener, right? Because your state is going to be administered, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there you have no control over that. So why not have it done in a way that you would want it to be done, right? Um, Absolutely. So for those of you, if there's one thing you take away today, if you don't already have that estate plan in place, then now is the time to start thinking about, okay, let me think about establishing a will. Let me think about establishing even the power of attorney. Let me think about, we have articles in estate planning on the Clever Will Finance website of like simple things you can do. And there's tons of inexpensive platforms, very reputable platforms online where you can create an estate plan for very little money and then build on it as 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 you as your situation changes. So I think having an estate plan is incredibly important, especially when you you have dependents, you have a legacy you're trying to to leave behind. You've worked so hard to get yourself to where you are. So thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> Absolutely. And before I let you ladies go, you have to tell me what are your clever girl superpowers? So Leah, you can start. You know, it's funny. I, I think for me, I guess I'm creative and that would probably be my superpowers. I'm, I was really artsy growing up and I always wanted to be an abstract artist, believe it or not, and then, <laughs> as, as a kid. And then ultimately became a lawyer, which is like the opposite of, it actually isn't the opposite of creativity, but it's the opposite of sort of when you think about standard creativity, but where I was able to actually, I'm a terrible artist now, that's for sure, (laughs) that I took sort of those creative juices that I had and switched them into creative problem solving. So I'll say, you know, I, I may not be creative. You don't want me painting anything to go above your mantle anytime soon, but I think, you know being a creative problem solver, coming up with a new way of thinking about something is probably mine. Yeah, I think that's a good one for you. I think mine similarly is thinking outside of the box. So I'm definitely a big picture thinker and I can come up with some really outlandish ideas. And I think sometimes those actually turn into really good ideas, but I don't shy away from thinking outside of the box and thinking how people do things one way, but there might be another way there to achieve the same outcome or a better outcome. And I think that that's something that um, I would say is a superpower and something that, you know, hopefully helps our business, (laughs) even though sometimes it can be a little like, oh, I don't know about that idea, Tara. But for the most most thought, I think thinking outside of the box is a strong suit of mine. Mm-hmm. I love that creativity and thinking outside of the box. You guys make oh, great business partners. <laughs> I'm gonna add. I'm gonna add a superpower. To okay. Uh, oh gosh. An excellent executor, like her ability to execute on stuff and to think through a task for execution, is just like bar none, best in class. So. Oh, thank know. you. <laughs> no problem. <That's> awesome. <laughs> And then finally, you have to tell folks how to learn more about your business and both of you. Where can people find you? Yeah, sure. So in general, you can find us at info at truestate.com. Both of our personal uh, email addresses are just our first name, Tara at Truestate and Leah at Truestate. And then, of course, visit our website at www.truestate.com. And that's true with no E. So it's T-R-U-S-T-A-T-E.com. Awesome. And we will have that information in the show notes uh, for folks to check out. 
Well, thank you so much, Leah and Tara, for being here and for sharing. This has been very insightful. And congratulations on all your success with your business. And I wish you a ton more. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. This was great. And looking forward to seeing all your successes as well. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Have a good one. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.